0: Toward becoming a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, we have, uh, we are recording these now. Every time we keep forgetting, it's like this
2: will make us too just good. All right, we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Thank you. So, I guess I'm going to start with uh, just giving my testimony, and I would say, uh, you know the. The fact that I'm even here this morning uh, is all glory to God. You know, I wasn't supposed to speak this week, this month. I wasn't really involved in uh, the men's breakfast much this year. I don't even know if I came to one this year. To be honest, I've been here a couple times. And uh, anyway, all that to say, you know, I'm I'm here because there was a conflict with somebody else, and here I am. The door kind of opened and. the Lord pushing me through, uh, I'll put it that way. So I know that the format is typically, you know, a guy comes and he he shares his testimony. So I'd like to do that and then wrap it into kind of what the Lord's doing in my life now. Um, So I've been walking with the Lord for probably 25 years now. So it's not like I'm uh, a recent Christian, I'll put it that way. But to get back to where I was uh, actually saved and found the Lord, I'm going back to when I was a teenager. And uh, I did not make good choices when I was a teenager, I'll put it that way. So um, I grew up in a, a loving home, but mom and dad were divorced when I was very young. So I want to say by the time I was, I think they were separated by the time I was six or whatever, they were divorced. And that, you know, you don't realize when you're a kid that that messes with you, but it does. Um, So I don't know if it was just the culture of kind of where I was growing up or the time I was growing up in the 70s, but it was kind of like this, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll, right? I don't know if anybody can relate to that but that's kind of where i was at as a kid growing up and that was the the stuff that was sort of like yeah that's what you want right strange stupid but true so i, I was definitely in with people that saw things that way like man, let's get stoned right so that became kind of where i headed so by the time i was a teenager i was Smoking cigarettes, I was smoking pot, I was doing other drugs, I was drinking if we could get somebody to find us or buy us beer or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. So clearly, heading down the wrong road. And uh, again, you don't know that when you're growing up. You know what you know. You know, you have the, the blinders on, so to speak. So anyway, I was. Involved in all kinds of stuff like that, not doing well in school, you know, and making other mistakes, and we don't have to get into all that. I'm not here to glorify any of that because it's not good. But I guess as I uh, got a little bit older, a little bit older, as in like 16, 17 years old, I I did feel a yearning for something more. And I I can remember, uh, you know, Being out walking the dog at night and just wondering, like, between me and whoever's out there kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Are you there, Lord? Are you real? Is is this all there is? Because life was pretty stinky, you know, to be honest. I'm just getting started in life and really was not going very well. So I did meet a couple people eventually. I guess when I was maybe a senior in high school, there was a, a friend that I had and her cousin uh, was a, a born-again Christian, and he would come and talk with uh, some of us younger guys. I guess he was probably 23 or something like that, college age. And <clears throat> I learned a little bit about, you know, this this God that he said was real, and, you know, this Jesus who saved. But I didn't really know what to do with that. It's not like I had a, a you know, church to get plugged into or anything like that. Um, And I guess, I want to say probably a year or so later, I ended up at a party, to be honest, a get-together, but it was kind of a little party with another gent who, you know, was a believer, and uh, we ended up, you know, talking pretty much all night long. And truth be told, you know, while I was drinking and while I was doing drugs, you know, And I'm hearing about all this stuff about who Jesus is and, and the gospel, basically. That's that's what was happening. So <clears throat> I remember getting home that night, I don't know what time, one in the morning, and just getting the Bible and going to Genesis 1-1 and start reading. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how effective that really was, but <laughs> at the very least, something was happening in my heart, right? There was... There was no doubt that the Lord was trying to shake me out of where I was and say, hey, there's a different path here for you. Um, So I did that. Eventually, I I did try going to some churches and and that kind of stuff. I want to say I was about 19 at the time. And um, I knew that I needed Christ. I didn't quite know that really all works and fit together and well how do you go from being mm-hmm. you know somebody who doesn't believe to being somebody who does believe but i want to say he led me there right and honestly i was in a truck on 332 new Ridgeboro road one morning and again i was probably around 1986 i was like 19 years old and i know that that was the moment when I was just kind of praying to myself. And I was in a truck with other gods. But I was kind of, you know, thinking about my life and all that stuff. And I put my faith in Christ that moment. And I I immediately felt that change. Uh, Now, spiritually, I changed. I went from death to life. And that was a (laughs) wonderful thing. But I still wasn't knowledgeable about the bible you know as i said i, I made this strange attempt when i kind of felt like man there's really something here you know i start reading in genesis Psalm one well i can tell you that didn't last very long i was not you know getting up every morning and having a quiet time and you know really soaking in the, the word of the lord i was you know 19 year old guy who kind of occasionally <laughs> had a little bit of of stuff and a big part of the reason why i wasn't growing is because i didn't have a church right a lot of this stuff is happening outside of any sort of organized place that i could be a part of you know i didn't have a group of guys that were like hey come on along and and be with us and you know get closer to the lord so i think a lot of people fall into this where in their 20s they're believers and they're christians but i don't know kind of Floating along, uh, maybe not in the best way, I'll put it that way. So I, I, I certainly did get rid of the, uh, you know, heavy drinking or doing drugs and that kind of stuff. That all fell away, thank the Lord for that. Um, I did still drink socially, you know, that kind of thing. And kind of went through, I would say, my 20s with just the cursory relationship with the lord and I occasionally i'd go to church or that sort of thing but by the time i got to be 30 i really uh i guess i was really feeling it like you know I was still feeling kind of empty and like i wasn't fulfilled right um and i did find my way to a church and pretty soon i got plugged in and again i like mentioned earlier that was probably 25 years ago, and since then, I have been walking with the Lord, and I guess the one thing that I feel like is a theme in what I want to say today and in my life in general is, you know, that the Lord changed all of that, right? I went from a bad path, and I could tell you, I guess for example, there's more than a couple guys that I... Hung out with as a teenager that were dead before they were twenty-five. I mean, as I said, I'm not looking to glorify the uh, the nastiness under which I lived. That's not the point. But I, I guess I look at it as I said earlier, like when you're in a culture that is sort of moved away from being focused on the Lord. Bad stuff starts happening, right? Satan's going to use that, in my in my opinion, to deceive and and move people off of looking toward Jesus and onto looking at stuff that is—it's just going to lead nowhere, right? Just to misery and and uh, failure. So, <clears throat> as I said. That, that whole culture, and there's still folks that I know, of course, um, I'd like to say, you know, a lot of them got out of that sort of lifestyle.
3: I don't know that that's totally
2: true. I guess some of them have. Some of them definitely haven't. And as I already mentioned, you know, some of them you know, paid the ultimate price being involved in, in that sort of, of thing. And I could have been that guy, right? I could have been one of those guys that didn't make it past 25. Well, here I am and not only am I here but
0: I'm blessed I have a good life
2: so and I attribute that entirely to knowing the Lord Right as I'm following him and I'm not even saying that I'm great at doing that by the way <laughs> I am not like a poster child for you know I get up every day and have an hour of quiet time with the Lord and then have my evening session with him and I'm not saying I'm that guy. I am not perfect. I'm far from it. But the difference between, you know, living life the way you want and doing whatever it seems fit to you and living life with the Lord leading you, it's just it's not even a contest, right? I think most of you know that. But I'm I'm here to say I'm I'm glad that the Lord plucked me out of that showed me a better way, and set me on a path in life that has really just been a blessing. So as I mentioned earlier, I did find a church when I was about 30. I ended up meeting uh, the love of my life there, my my wife. We got married there, Um, and as Tom said, we have four kids. Our oldest is actually 31. He's my stepson, and uh, he doesn't live with us, but three other kids, My oldest daughter is Ellie. She's 19 and uh, she's special needs, which we'll get to here in a minute. My next daughter's Carly and she's 18. And then our our little guy is Jackson. He's 11
3: and he was an oops. (laughs) So. (laughs) I believe you were laid off during that time period, right, Carl? (laughs) It might be true. (laughs) So,
2: as I said earlier, I wanted to give my testimony, and, and I guess contrast, right? This guy came from this, and the Lord pulled me out of that, gave me a good life, good family, right, good home to live in. And, and peace in my heart right that's that's been a, a great thing obviously but he also um, has been at work in handing a, a ministry to myself and my wife in some way i don't know what exactly that is going to look like in the end but he's certainly at work um, developing something for special needs families and he's not just at work in me there's a whole thing Kind of happening here at Grace Point and I'm um, blessed to be a part of it um, and as I said earlier this, this kind of thing you know, it's not like I was like hey Tom I really need to get in front of the guys so I can promote this stuff that's going on at the church it's just like doors just open and things start happening you guys may recall um Jeremy did a little a little he did a sermon to say six months ago eight months ago I don't know, something like that and it was about Mephibosheth so David went ahead and found Saul's final heir after that whole you know kingdom kind of collapsed excuse me and Mephibosheth was the only heir of Saul left and you know Jeremy talked about that and that was kind of the entry point into you know, this uh, idea of of special needs. And as you know, Jeremy's family
3: is affected as well. A couple of his kids also have some
2: pretty unique challenges. So I guess with that, I'll uh, talk a little bit about my family. So that's us. Not gonna spend a lot of time on the slides. I already kind of covered who we are, right? My kids and my wife, and this is who lives in my household. Again, we we do have an older son. He's got his own house and all that good stuff. So this is my daughter, Ellie. As you can see, um, she's definitely got some challenges. She's been in a hospital several times. I will say this. Kids like her that have genetic difficulties, and in case it's not obvious, that is mitochondrial disease. And I'm not even going to go for the bottom one you can chew on that for a while if you want but as kids like her go she does well so we're really quite blessed to be in a situation where she has such difficult things to overcome physically but she isn't having seizures five times an hour and you know there's, there's kids that we have knowledge of and my wife knows some of the families and that kind of stuff and they struggle way worse than my daughter so in a lot of ways we're we're counting our blessings that she does as well as she does I'll put it that way Um, so as you can see she's got her her list of stuff right and there's some some pics of when we've been in the hospital with her This one in the upper right-hand corner, it looks bad, but it's really not that bad. That's uh, She was having an EKG, which they had to put the the nodes on her head and leave them on there for, I think they wanted them on there for like three days, which, like I said, it it looks worse than it is. Some of the other stuff she's been through is, is certainly worse than that. And I'm mentioning all this kind of stuff just to kind of give a snapshot. Like we're... We're an example of a family who has a special needs daughter, right? And as I said, there's just some stuff kind of cropping up here that, to me, is clearly the Lord saying, hey, we want to reach out to these kind of families. We want there to be a a loving opportunity for them to be part of a church, right? Be part of a community, because they're very often not, now, <clears throat> this slide shows that you know we, we have had some, some blessed times. As I said, we are uh, far and away in better shape than many folks that have special needs kids. Regardless of what their special needs are, you, know, you can see here, we, we've been to Disney a couple times. That picture that with the, uh, the water there, we were up in New England a few years ago in Rhode Island, having a nice little vacation. So we've gotten to do some things. I would say right now, not so much, like we're not uh, not as able today to pick up and go, right? My daughter's not kind of in a place where we could do that, but we have had some pretty good times to get out there as a family, which you know it does matter, and it certainly affects the other kids. so <clears throat> again, this is more stuff. And I, I'm, I'm using a slideshow here that uh, was developed when my wife was talking to care um, And some of it, I guess may not be exactly on point for the men's breakfast, but I think it gets the, the point across that, you know, we, we have our challenges. And I, one thing I always think of when I'm talking to people about this sort of thing is everybody has challenges. So, I don't like to put the special needs family up on this pedestal like, we have bigger challenges than you. I I don't know that that's true. Everybody's challenges are big to them, right? I guess the difference that I see in the way we live is it's the confidence of the challenge. And it doesn't (coughs) matter if it's because you have a special needs kid in your family or person or whatever. Like, you could have the same sort of thing going on just because you were in a medical battle of your own, right? If you have cancer and you're fighting that, then that, that can become your challenge every day, and you could wind up living that way for years, right? And so there are definitely people that have challenges, and, you know, I guess that, that's just one thing that occurs to me is, you know, special needs families, <clears throat> they do have some unique things about them, um, I don't know that, that they are any more deserving, uh, you know, of our care and our love than anybody else, but but they are deserving of it in some way, right? Maybe in the same way that everybody else would would be. So we have our life impacts, and then this. There's a couple slides here, and if you read these, <clears throat> I guess they're sort of uh, they're derivative of a survey that was taken of folks that have special needs families, right? And you get a lot of these uh, platitudes because people don't know what to say, right? They go, well, the Lord will never give you more than you can handle. Those kind of things. Those things tend to, to um, be off-putting. I, I guess I'll put it that way, right? If you're in that battle all the time, those kind of things are not necessarily good for you to hear, right? You're kinda of like eh. again with somebody saying, The Lord will never give you more than you can handle. And I guess if you've been struggling along for the past three years with, you know, a kid that's not able to sit still for five seconds or you know, like, like I said, there's all kinds of people that have all kinds of serious issues, those sort of things are not necessarily felt as helpful right and as I said this is not stuff that my wife and me came up with and said don't say this to us it was actually a survey of families that have special needs kids live a special needs life that you know are like you know we really would prefer people not treat us this way I guess I'll put it like that so <clears throat> there's some other ones here things to remember I guess I would say about families and people affected by special needs. And I guess, in general, my experience has been, and I guess this is backed up by some of the stuff that I have exposure to with other special needs families, they want to be included, right? Their life is often a struggle to just try to be normal. And, like, for instance, with us, we do not come to First Service. That's not happening, right? Now, as a family, I'll put it that way. Because to try to get up and get my daughter ready and everybody else, you know, get in the van and all, it's just, it doesn't fit for her kind of routine in the morning, the stuff that we have to do with her. And I think that's true of a lot of special needs families. In fact, the way we work church is we basically alternate. So, and you know, if something crops up, well, that means I might not be here for a month, right? If I miss my, my opportunity, it might be three weeks or a month before I'm back. Um, and that's just how we handle it. A lot of folks that are out there in the special needs community, I mean, come into church might not even be on the table, right? So I will tell you this the reason that we kind of got pulled into Grace Point here, aside from you know, the Lord leading us here, is COVID hit right as we were starting to look for a church. We kind of felt like hey we we need to to move on from where we had been and then COVID happened and Grace Point had the online streaming. And we were able to do that. And to be honest, my wife hadn't, like, gone to a service and just sat through a service, you know, start to finish in years. Like, literally, if we would go, we would try to bring my daughter. And the habit became, you know, we'd bring her, but then she'd probably need something. And mom would take care of her. So a lot of times it was you know, would scoot her in the back or possibly out to the van, and you know my wife would be missing that. and that was on a good day, right? On the bad days, we're not there or, or maybe I'm there with the other kids. My wife's at home with with Ellie. So <clears throat> it was actually really encouraging and uplifting for my wife. She was like in tears because for the first time in years, she was actually getting. Whole messages, you know, doing worship, hearing an entire message, and we were in our living room, but it was it was pretty wonderful. So uh, I've said to people before, you know, I had this plan when we started looking for a church that we were going to go around, and we had this list of churches we were going to check out, you know, ten different churches in the area. One of the things we were certainly looking for was some place that had <clears throat> options for special needs kids. And Grace Point had Rainbow Room a few years back. And so <clears throat> we were looking at that. Honestly, this is this is it. We came, we went to Davisville one week, and that was like a week or two before COVID, you know, restrictions happened. And then we ended up coming here. We've we've never moved off <laughs> because it was just so apparent that this is where the Lord wanted us. I didn't need to go shopping around to eight other churches. This was clearly where the Lord one of us to land. So <clears throat> as I mentioned, things are brewing. I don't know that it's all completely come together yet, but I will say that after that uh, sermon that Jeremy <clears throat> preached months back, I want to say there were 17 or 18 people that immediately showed interest in helping out, which is awesome. And to give you a little... Uh, comparison there. Normally, if one of the, the uh, pastors does a, a sermon and says, hey, you know, we'd, we'd appreciate somebody's help, anybody's help that would be interested, that kind of thing, they'll get three or four respondents. So all of a sudden, here's this flood of people that said, yes, we're in. And um, one thing that's been really awesome in that is, as you can see here, we have some things that are being worked out, I guess I'll put it that way. There's nothing concrete in place yet. I know that after the first of the year, we want to start, I know Sophie wants to start a special needs Sunday school. I don't know that that's happening, you know, first Sunday in January. I'll I'll say that, but it is on the docket for 2023. Um, And you can see there, she wants to do respite care. So, I know that I've seen this sort of thing happen, and not necessarily with a special needs focus, but you know, church will get together and they'll have a drop off night for kids, and the parents can go out for a few hours and have a date and that kind of stuff. Similar circumstance, right? But when you have kids like my daughter, or you know, they have other challenges, you have to have people that can manage that, right? You can't just have regular 16 year old kids that are gonna babysit. You have to have people that kind of know what they're doing a little bit. <clears throat> so she's working on those things. Obviously, Jeremy, you know, he had the, uh, the message there. He's kind of not just doing that message, of course, but coming up with a theology of disability. He's already working in the youth ministry to be inclusive. I know there's some young guys, young kids in the ministry now that are challenged. They're not... Uh, They're not like all the other kids, but they're completely welcomed. So that's an awesome thing. Um, And I know there's ministry care opportunities, care team opportunities, I should say. They're working on on a workshop. My wife happens to be part of the care team. Um, And in all of this, there's a gal who, her name is Becky. My wife has become fast friends with her. And this is one of those things that it's just obvious the Lord is putting something together here because my wife ends up meeting this nice lady. I believe she's part of care team. And it turns out she used to go to uh, Calvary, Philadelphia, and she was instrumental in starting up and running the special needs ministry there. Now, I don't know that she's interested in doing all that again, but at the very least, she's a great resource, she's done all that before, and she's all in on helping to make sure that that can happen here at Grace Point. And that we have this ability then to reach out to the community and say, hey, even if you have challenges, even if your family struggles to get out of the house, we still want you to be a part of our church, right? That's a big deal. And I can tell you from our personal experience, um, finding a church that is open, that has that kind of capacity, right? To take on a family and actually accept them 100% how they are, that's not easy, right? So uh, I guess I could share, Sophie has a, a friend In a similar circumstance, I guess they have a a child with special needs. I don't know what the the needs are, but they drive from Levittown up to, I wanna say it's like Chalfant, I think, to go to church because that church happens to be one of the few places in this area that you can actually find those sort of helps, if you will, right? If your family needs that sort of help, you can't just go to any old church on Sunday morning. It's not gonna work out too good if you do. Um, so the fact that they have that attracts a lot of folks. My, my guess is that as Grace Point puts these things in place and has an opportunity for families like that, that we're gonna see an influx of, of folks because there's very few places to go if you have challenges like that in your family. Even if you just have an autistic kid who can't sit still or maybe, you know, can't keep their mouth shut, right? There's there's kids that that they're, they're barking out stuff. And as I said, I'm no expert on the range of special needs. I just happen to be a dad of a special needs daughter. And as I also said earlier, it's clear to me that the Lord is saying, you know, here's the pathway, you should go down it. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, I guess what I would say for all you folks, all you men of the community, is what does this mean for you, right? Perhaps nothing. Perhaps you go on your way today and I don't know, go set up your Christmas lights in your house or whatever you're going to do. I, I don't know. But, I guess I would say, if you're willing, just ask the Lord. Is this somewhere that you have something for me? Obviously, in my case, the answer is yes. I'm standing up here telling you about it. And I'm excited about it. I I know that it's going to be good things. Um, I'm certainly excited for the fact that it'll be good for my family, my daughter particularly, right? But the idea that we have this opportunity to outreach to a community that has been Completely underserved, I think, is a good thing, and as I said, I, I believe we can really bring in a lot of folks and show them the love of Christ. So, I hope that you guys will consider whatever role you might have in that. Uh, I'm sure that there will be opportunities <clears throat> to serve, I'll put it that way. So, thank you. Thanks, Carl.
1: <laughs> guys, any questions for Carl? Brought to us here, and how we might.
0: That question I have, Marcus. Yeah, sure, Carl. Thank you so much, and um, it was a pleasure coaching your son, Jackson. It was. Uh, didn't even realize you guys were part of the church, and then also I saw you at church. Saw Jackson, like he's on my soccer team, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah. that was that was wonderful getting to know you. Um, <clears> There's <throat> also is I, I had no idea your story. I had no idea about your family, your you know, the situation that. The special needs situation that you're in is some of it's creating awareness. Yeah. Creating awareness for others to know and understand. You know, awareness to understanding is critically important and then figuring out how to. But how is how is Jackson with this? You know, a, a sibling who you know looks at others, right? But also probably and I, I'm sharing this just based on my ignorance of not having necessarily <laughs> a situation that you're in. But Jackson who goes to play soccer, like, what are some of his limitations as a, as a sibling? When I say limitations, oh, I know what uh, you, mean. He, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not treading on that one. He sees other kids, you know, I just want to understand from his perspective.
2: Yeah. I, I think the biggest effect, well, A, would be what I've seen, is the kids, when they're growing up with a sibling like that, they tend to be a little more aware, a, a little more... Uh, Sensitive to those kind of special needs, right. right? He is a lot less likely, in my opinion, to make you know cruel jokes or any such thing, right? right. But he's still just a kid, right? He's eleven. He plays soccer, right? Mm-hmm. And he does other things, video games, of mm-hmm. course. Can't get away from that these days. Um, I-, I guess one of the bigger effects is. <clears throat> The family coming along to do stuff right I mean you and I saw each other lots of times at the soccer games I don't know if you ever saw my wife right so there, there's one thing like we don't generally get the opportunity to go do things all as a family hey let's go see Jack's game or that kind of thing um, does it really adversely affect them I, I hope not you know I think we certainly love our kids and I'm hoping that you know, they still feel that, that love and that sense of family, and, and it's not like, uh, But sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. So I guess the other thing is there is certainly disappointment that comes along with, you know, I guess the way we approach special needs stuff in our life is we're trying to include my daughter in our family as much as possible, right? Whatever we're doing, we want to try to be inclusive. <laughs> There are other folks that, and as I said, there are other kids that have much greater challenges than my daughter, Ellie. And some of those folks end up having their their kids in medical facilities that can care for them. Because they just can't do it at home, right? In some ways, I guess that frees them up a little bit. I've seen that happen in other families where... Their life winds up getting a little more normal, if if you could imagine that. Um, but in our case, it often means disappointments because, guys, we can't do this. You know, L's not up to it, so we we have disappointments. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Still. So- the, they talk about putting something together here at the church where yeah. you could, you know, the kids could go. Um, and I understand there's a there's magnitude of disabilities, right? But how much training would the, the, the volunteers need? No, they just can't show up, I'm sure, and say, hey, I'm going to do it. Is there, is there some level of training that would have to happen so that we're not calling you every five minutes you know, to come out of the service? Yeah. Does that question make sense?
2: It does, 100%. Um. It's going to vary on what your role is, right? So if you're one of the people that's saying, I want to volunteer to watch your kids while you're in church or watch your kids while you're having a respite night, right. well then, yeah, you're going to need to know how to do the stuff for that kid, right? Is if it- if there's stuff to do. Right.
0: So is that part of the the church?
2: Generally, the, I think at the at the onset at least, the idea is if... The kid needs too much specialized stuff like that it's not gonna work I right and I, I think families know that okay. like for instance my daughter I don't have the pictures up but you can see she has an NG tube right right that's for feedings right. and for medications but if she doesn't need that stuff then we don't need to have anybody messing with that however we have a suction machine at home, which she she has a hard time coughing, okay? So for us, it's like nothing anymore, right? For years, we've had this thing. And when she needs to get some stuff out, we just, you know, vac it out. I would not ask somebody else to
1: do that, right?
2: And, and if you don't know how to do that, you're definitely going to be like, I got to do what now? Like, it, it is not, you know, it is not something that, People just take to, but on the other, on the flip side of that, there are certainly folks that have nursing backgrounds and have experience with all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know I mentioned Vicky. I know there's at least one, if not two, like retired nurses that have jumped in on this that are part of the care team that want to be part of the special needs ministry. So, I guess it varies, right? Um, And and I'm really not, I should say, I'm not setting up the ministry. I mean, it's been kind of a strange thing. Like I said, the Lord's just kind of making things happen, and I'm going with the flow of it. And I'm certainly happy to be doing that, but I'm not leading it. I'll say that. Yes, sir. So I have a special needs son. Uh, He lives with me, and uh,
4: so far... It hasn't been too conducive to
2: uh, having a wife. It might be a good thing, but um, <laughs> um, it, does it affect your, your marriage at all? Does it affect my marriage? That is an excellent question, and I, I guess I would say this. Absolutely affects your marriage. Um, I believe the stats bear out that most special needs families wind up in divorce. That's the reality of it. The Lord's been gracious to my wife and me in that. Yes, there's been added stress, but He's also led us down a path where we're actually growing together, and I, you know, I praise the Lord for that. I I totally get what you're saying. I don't know what it would be like if I was, you know, a single dad with a special needs child. It's got to be uh, an extra special lady who'd be. <laughs> Interested in taking that on right like, you know, but it, it is absolutely a stress. No doubt about it.
3: I mean, I think You know one of the things that's hard for me personally Is that you know when you're interacting with a family that has a nonverbal member? regardless of their level of activity You know, it, it's it's just like you don't want to say anything that's insensitive but you know, to say good morning to a nonverbal person, or to somebody who doesn't respond well to conversation with somebody outside of their circle—if it's uh, somebody with autism or something like that—you know, it, it's hard when you don't necessarily know the family to know how to do that. But and so, regardless of whether you're down in the rainbow room and part of the team that's working with them, it, just as church members. It, it's something that you gotta kinda of like understand and you know what I'm saying, rather than just say, Well, I I, I can't do that. I I don't I don't wanna upset the individual or the family, so I'm just I'm out. Yeah. You know, like I, I can't even say good morning. Like because <laughs> I don't want, you know what I'm saying? Like I do, I do. And, it, and it's and I'll just say as far as being on youth ministry staff and Dave and if there's anybody else here mm-hmm. on staff, um, it has been really good, I think, for the kids. And it's not the thing that I would say, it's not just that the kids are allowed to come and that we as a leadership have said, OK, if there's somebody in a wheelchair, we're going to do you know, activities that will include them, and that they're allowed to be there. It's that they're a part of the group. And more and more, the kids are becoming comfortable with that. And there are some individuals that are very socially challenged um, as far as um, being included they get ask the basketball and yep. you know the kids all yeah make them make, make them feel welcome they are welcome yep that, and I, it's, it's from the it, I think that that's the amazing thing about Jeremy's <clears> influence is that they're not made to feel welcome it's that they are welcome and it's been a really cool thing to see it and that's not every kid. But there's a growing number of students in the ministry that are are participating in that, and it's really cool to see. So I'm sorry, I, I kind of <laughs> like question. <laughs> Was there a question in there
2: somewhere? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> they're, they're, obviously, there are good conversations to have. So I appreciate that.
4: Hey, Carl. Uh, great to hear your story. It's kind of kind of uh, interesting that. You always sit right behind me in the, in the, the service and we, we get to say good morning when, when you're in the service. I've always had the, the, the opportunity of, of interfacing with, with Carly and with, with Jackson and the, the student ministry as, as Tim was referring. And we're really blessed in the sense that we've got a, a great good pastor in, uh, in Jeremy uh, who brings personal touch into this whole situation of the the special needs ministry that was introduced a few months ago, but what kind of excites me this morning, I know that we've kind of talked about almost the hands-on in relation to the ministry directly within the church, but I, I see kind of interfacing with the special needs ministry, with the men's ministry, you know, we, we talked about that are certain things that families are maybe not able to do but i'm thinking the likes of mike and the, the team um who, who are able to, to maybe go to a, a family likes of that and to be able to help out so i think i think that we we, we need to kind of broaden the look of, of how we can interface with the special needs ministry as a men's ministry and maybe other ministries. It's great that there's been interface with with your wife talking to the care ministry. So I I see that there's lots of touch points, um, and that, that can really feed into into this special needs ministry. So I'm kind of excited, you know, maybe to even start those conversations, you know, with the likes of our our men's ministry leadership team, and 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 touching base with, with, with the likes of Jeremy as well. So. I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Um, I I just think that there's there's really bigger opportunities rather than it all just being focused in on the special needs ministry and getting volunteers in there. I feel that there's sub volunteers from other ministries that can feed into that as well. So I'm kind of excited about the possibilities that, that, that really we can all play a part in in our various ministry roles and leaders within the church as well. I know there wasn't a question there, but I just kind of was excited just to hear what you were saying and just some of the thoughts that were going through my
2: head as you were as you were talking. Yeah, and I, I do want to say to that, I appreciate you saying those things. I had, for instance, up there, I had the care ministry, care team, I should say. The care team, I should be clear, is not putting together a specific care team for special needs ministry. Um, some... Details still need to be worked out about exactly what's going to happen. As I had up here, Sophie is absolutely putting some stuff together so that when families come on a Sunday morning, there will be opportunities for them, and there was also the respite stuff that she's working on. Um, How things are going to actually take shape, I'm not 100% sure. I can tell you that my wife has had some talks with Pastor Wolf, um, and I guess Dale Leader was of involved because he oversees uh, the small groups. But he was, we weren't, I guess we weren't quite clear on, you know, how things were going to shake shake out here. But my wife and I have been talking about having a support group for special needs families. So it's not really a Bible study, it doesn't necessarily come under that sort of same setup, if you will, but to have an opportunity for. Family members or parents mainly to get together and say, you know, hey, we all share this kind of uh, thing in our life, right? And to just have that support opportunity. So I can't tell you when that's going to start up and exactly what it's going to look like, but we're, we're in the works of kind of working through that. So, yeah.
1: Do we, do we actually know how many families already attend that have
3: special needs?
2: I do not know the answer to that, that question. I know there are some. You know, obviously, there's myself, there's Jeremy, and I, I know of at least you know, a couple of the, the kids from the youth ministry, but I don't know like a number, and perhaps somebody in the church office would know that, like, hey, we, we've counted up, you know, there's nine. I or, there's more than, than we would actually. Right. Uh, right. so,
4: yeah. You know that yeah. um, in, in many ways, uh, I, mean, I, I, can think of, I can think of a number of families, that kind of just go about their business and, and you would almost not be aware that there's a need there, that's what it is.
2: Right. Well, I don't think most folks knew about my family until, you know, we were kind of coming here for a while. Norbert.
1: So I'll piggyback a little bit of what Dave said. I think <clears throat> there's enough people just in this room alone. and I would like to think our men's ministry is a lot larger than 35 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's enough people in this room that all have a different ability, a different God gift, if you will. And the one guy here that's not here today that sometimes comes, who is a nurse, that might be able to help with that type of procedure, if you will. And it's awareness. Someone else said awareness. I think that's, you know, awareness is key. So we have to open our eyes. I grew up with a special needs boy in my family as a kid. And um, I just really, Think that this group, not just this group today, 35, but this men's group, I think we can do so much more in this church, and it's it's about awareness and it's about you know having the heart to serve. Okay? Yeah. And it's going to be different for everybody. You know, there's there's a little gentleman that some people know here, uh, Connor Linton, and he, hit, our goal next year is to get him to actually be able to play in the Great Point Softball League. I mean that's that's a goal that we're I don't know if it's going to happen you know we need to make sure that he's good enough that he can be safe okay yeah But Grace points willing to uh so far going to extend an opportunity he doesn't go to this church anymore he went to another church but willing to try to work that out based on that uh, he, he had two balls he like really ripped i mean so there's a possibility so i think it's just it's opening our open in our heart to an awareness and being willing to it could be as simple as has anybody ever had a challenge of just shoveling their snow in their own house because they, they got time, you know, got stuff going on in their life, and, you, and all of a sudden you get six eight inches of snow. Well, maybe for Carl that's even harder because he, he wants to come to church, and all of a sudden he's got six eight inches of snow, <laughs> you know, and he's got to take care of something else first before he can even get the six eight inches of snow. I happen to get out when it's three four inches and start working on it because I love doing it, but and I have that ability to do it.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so that's something where just a couple guys could get together and bang that out and. 30 minutes and, and not think twice about it and, and enjoy it. Yeah. So it um, could be a breakfast. could be whatever. But everybody has in this room, you know, a need, I mean, a, a gift. And we have to think about how we can share those gifts. It, 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 Carl, just to add to some of the comments here, you know, we'd have to be blind to not see that the Lord has thrust you in the front of this um, you don't have it all fleshed out in your mind, but you're here because God has put you here. Today. No doubt. There okay. okay. are a n- number of people talk to me about Carl Gigante needs to speak to your message. group like, yeah. independently. I mean, it's like this is totally something that the, the Holy Spirit is just yeah. pushing this forward. Um, I don't know if we have it all figured out in our own heads, but I'll bet a bunch of us have thoughts, thought bubbles, and we're kind of spinning like, how can we help this? You know, yeah. How can we part? And what was just touched on, it, Dave and others. Dan, did you want to just make a. Yeah, real quick. This gives us the opportunity that we have
4: any co workers that aren't church people. Great opportunity. I think one winter night would be a great place, special needs, not special needs, to invite. But I definitely know some people who have special needs that when the time is right and everything's in place, to invite
3: them to come.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because
4: we don't think about that. And I've been working with him for years, and he's, you know, a great opportunity for Matt, too.
2: Yeah. So I guess I would liken it to a church, if you could imagine a church that didn't have childcare. Like, how many families are you going to get at a church that doesn't have childcare? They're not coming, right? And I have, I've experienced that, so it's it's an easy one for me. But it's the same kind of thing, right? If you have an opportunity for people, then they'll come. You know, if you don't have the opportunity, there's a good chance they're like, no, we. That's not going to work for us. It's an opportunity,
4: yeah. too, for some of us that aren't like, that outgoing right. to have that in the back of our minds and say, hey, maybe the Lord's leading me to tell this, this family, this gentleman, yeah. hey, I know you don't get out much, but there's something in church. You know,
2: come this yeah. Hey, um, I know we're almost out of time. Could you put your picture of your family up? I'd like to get a picture of you with your family, <clears throat> and it'll help if you want to take a picture, too. But where we you put it up? um or the, the like other guys, or yeah that one. one you stand next to it because if we tell our story of who we heard today <laughs> hey there's this guy carl and what does he look like great suggestion. you know he looks like that with his family so you know great thank suggestion. you for your message sure, sure. He's getting
4: so recorded tom you said did you say about
2: recording? it is recording Yeah. Recorded, <laughs> i guess the one thing that does occur to me guys that i'll, I'll say as a final thing is um you know, compared to each other, you might be a little better physically, financially, in the in the brains area, right? Than another guy or another gal. But when we're comparing ourselves to the Lord, we're all special needs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, <yeah. Holy laughs> right. that's a good
1: way to close right there. <laughs> that's my closer.
3: <laughs>